Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga from Cleveland.com, joined by Paul Hoynes, the Cleveland Indians beat writer. Paul, good to talk to you again. Games don't mean much of anything right now. The stats don't mean much, but uh, Jason Kipnis is really having himself uh, an outstanding start to spring training. Oh, man, you can say that again, uh, Joe. Uh, Six home runs in seven games. You know, the big thing is he's come to camp healthy. You know, his shoulder, right shoulder is, is solid. His hamstring is healed. Uh, he's come to camp with, you know, a good frame of mind. I think he's come to camp with a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove to everyone, including himself, that last season, you know, was, went off the rails because he, was, he wasn't healthy, and he's proved that. He, he looks great. Uh, six home runs in seven games, you know, the last time, I saw, you know, a guy like this, this kind of home run performance was Albert Bell in, I think, 1992 when he hit 11 home runs in spring training when they trained in Tucson. So, uh, you know, Jason's still got a long way to go in spring training. Who knows? Maybe maybe he'll catch Albert. Last night, the uh, Indians lost to the Chicago Cubs 11-6 to in exhibition game, a night game at Goodyear Ballpark. In that game, Jan Gomes had the uh, the big home run for the Indians, a grand slam, tied the ball game up at, at 5-5. The competition that's not really a competition between Roberto Perez and uh, Jan Gomes there for the catching duties, uh, you know, is, is anybody pulling ahead? Is anybody making a, a case for, for getting the, the the majority of playing time there? You know, I think, uh, Joe, they've each caught about a fair amount of the same number of games. Um Offensively, you know, Perez has had a decent spring. Gomes has had a decent spring. I think it's probably dead even, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way, you know, it ends up in camp. Uh, although it seems like, uh, you know, judging by the postseason last year, uh, you know, Perez was the hotter, you know, was, the, you know, the, the hotter catcher and the guy they wanted, you know, to wanted to catch in the postseason. Um, you know, Francona has said it's never going to be a, a – you know, a, a situation where one guy catches twice a week and the other guy catches five times a week. It's going to be pretty much split like it has been. You know, Gomes has always been, um, you know, has always been kind of the, the number one catcher, uh, at, at least uh, going into last year. You know, Francona said that in spring training. I think it's it's evened out a little bit. Uh, I think they like uh, Perez's offensive potential. You know, both of them are, you know, are not, you know, I don't think they're ever going to be, you know, like, uh, it, you know, it's it's not like we're talking about Johnny Bench offensively, uh, but, uh, you know, both are, you know, great defensive players. And uh, I think they're just trying to get the, the best out of both of them. And, uh, you know, they've said that, you know, they that either catcher can handle, you know, anybody on the staff. So it's not like, uh, you know, one catcher has to catch this guy. I think they want to keep Bauer and Perez together. Uh, but I mean, last night that wasn't the case. I mean, uh, right? I, there was a uh, right. Yeah, Gomes started the game, and 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 uh, Bauer. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it, it look, looked like Bauer uh, was working fine with him until that 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 he went out there for that fourth inning, and things just sort of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, Bauer was looked to me like just watching on TV that the Bauer was up in the strike zone the whole night. I mean, he couldn't get anything down, and you know, the Cubs just uh, kind of wailed away on him. Mm-hmm. And, and you know the, the folks on on TV were speculating if uh, if they were working on that or, or doing that on purpose, pitching up in the zone on purpose. And I'm just shaking my head, going, 
when do you ever pitch up in the zone on purpose? That that's, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, I mean, we don't know Bauer, though, so maybe that was Bauer's plan. But I think he was he was up the whole night, so I, I don't think uh, that was the plan. I I don't think I don't, he didn't look like he threw many curveballs at all. So maybe he's just working on his fastball. And, uh, you know, the, the Cubs were the last team. Uh, he faced them a couple years ago in, in – uh, in Goodyear, and that's when they they hit like three home runs against them in a row. Uh, I right. think, uh, and uh, the next day, uh, Francona brought a cop in with the three baseballs, and he said, "You know, these balls landed on the road behind uh, the ballpark <laughs> and, and caused a traffic jam." And you know, the, you know, there's some upset people, and they were just kind of, you know, get riven uh, uh, power. So he took it in stride. But that's what that game reminded me of. Uh, <laughs> well, that that last home run that he gave up, I, I I still don't think it landed. I mean, that was a an absolute bomb to left field. So, um, but you know, this is the time for him to be working on things like that. And it it, it could have been worse in the first inning. Uh, he had a runner on uh, third base, and Francisco Lindor uh, makes a, a diving play, uh, throws a guy out at at uh, first. With a bounce throw, uh, what do you make of Lindor's defense uh, early on? Is is he looking like he's you know ready to go right now? Yeah, definitely. That was a great play. Uh, you know, he robbed Tommy Lestella of a with a you know stop in the hole, saved a run. Uh, and you know the the big thing that it reminded me so much of a Vizquel. You know, it's one thing to make a diving stop, but it's another thing to get up fast enough to bounce back up fast enough and make an, an accurate throw to get the guy at first. And, you know, that's what uh, that's what uh, Lindor did last night. And he was, and it wasn't like he was head, he dove toward uh, second base. He, he dove toward the hole. So that made the play even more impressive. And uh, earlier in the inning, um, there was a play at the plate where uh, the batter hit the ball into the into the alley in the gap, and Bradley Zimmer, uh, you know, used his speed, used his legs to get over and cut the ball off. And you know, I said as we we're sitting here watching it, I said, you know, Zimmer made that play with his legs as much as Lindor made it with the throw to the plate. Yeah, it was uh, definitely it was a really a, a nice play for this early camp. Uh, you know, great uh, you know um, you know hustle by Zimmer and, and a great relay to the plate. Uh, by Lindor, and, uh, you know, that's the kind of defense, you know, we saw all last year, and I think that's why Zimmer is so important to this club, um, even if he doesn't hit, even if he's, you know, if it takes him, you know, we still don't know what kind of hitter he's going to be, but, you know, he, he has such, he gives you so much defense, so much speed, so much arm in center field that it's it's really impressive to watch, and I think, uh, you know, that 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 makes him worth the price of admission right there. These uh, these ballparks that they play in, you know, Goodyear Ballpark is no different than uh, the, these spring training ballparks. They have these wide-open sort of outfields and, and big gaps and, and deep uh, deep alleys that, you know, the hitters might not necessarily like it, but they've got the advantage of the dry air for the ball to be able to jump and travel there. But the pitchers got to love pitching in some of these minor league parks or these, these spring training parks. Yeah, you know, I think uh, they can track them down, but uh, the ball jumps so much out there, Joe. It it is, it is a hitter's paradise. And you know, <laughs> and they play, you know, you know, in the afternoon games, you know, and, and usually there's no there's no clouds. It's a high sky, and 
you see guys fighting the sun all the time. So when you come out of uh, spring training as an outfielder, you're ready. You're ready for the regular season. You're ready for night games at least, and you're not going to lose too many games in the sun because you know you've really got your your work in out there because that is that is a tough place to play the outfield. Uh, tonight uh, against the LA Dodgers, at Goodyear Ballpark, Josh Tomlin takes the mound. Uh, interesting development uh, over the week here, as Terry Francona said that Mike Clevenger is going to have a spot in the rotation. Uh, so that takes care of four, uh, leaving Josh Tomlin and Ryan Merritt uh, basically competing for that fifth spot. Uh, what do you need to see out of Josh Tomlin and Ryan Merritt in the next couple of starts for each of them to, to sort of make their case? You know, just you know, judging from uh, you know what Francona said, listening to his press conference, uh, you know, I think Tomlin is the guy. You know, if Tomlin makes it through the camp healthy, I think he'll be the fifth starter. You know, Tito said there's not a whole lot of competition in 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 the rotation for the rotation spots. Now that leaves uh, Merritt kind of out in the cold. I think he's out of options. It's really going to be interesting to see what they do. Do they go with an eight-man bullpen? If they do, I think Merritt's got a chance to stay. If they go with a seven-man bullpen, maybe he's got a chance. But uh, you know, the guy is out of options. They, they've, you know, Tito has said they don't want to lose him. You know, he's he's really a valuable insurance, you know, an insurance piece for the rotation. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes you just run out of room and. And, you know, outside of a trade or outside of an injury, you know, one of those convenient spring training injuries, <laughs> if you can put them on the DL, I, I don't know what happens. So, you know, it's going to be – it's going to bear some watching. But I just got the impression from listening to a Francona that uh, this is uh, – you know, that, that the fifth spot is Tomlin's basically to lose. Uh you mentioned uh, in a, a post you had earlier in the week, Lonnie Chisenhall, and uh, you know the potential that this could be his last go around with the Indians, and and his sort of uh, way that he's attacking this season. If this is his last in Cleveland, uh, you know what his goals are and what to accomplish. Yeah, you know I've, I've always been you know kind of fascinated with Chisenhall, just the way you know his career has evolved. I mean, I think this is going to be his 11th season in Cleveland. It was the number one pick in 2008. You know, he came up as this kind of, uh, you know, the Indians version of Evan Longoria. You know, he was going to, mm-hmm. he was going to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, a home run hitting third baseman. Um, he came up, he had a great swing, great natural swing. It didn't work out. He got sent back down. He got sent back up, you know, a couple times uh, they gave him the job outright in spring training. Uh, other times, you know, they brought in guys to compete with him, like Jack Hanahan, and Hanahan ends up beating him out for the third base job. You know, mm-hmm. and as and as you know, recently as 2015, him and Jose uh, Ramirez get sent down to to, uh, to Columbus. You know, in, in June, and you're thinking, well, this is the last. Uh, we might this might be the. You know, we know. You know. Uh, you know, um, uh, Ramirez could has a chance to be back, but she isn't all you. We, I didn't know. I thought maybe, you know, this is it. Maybe this guy just needs a change of scenery. He comes back, and he's he's no longer the third baseman. He's the right fielder. And now, you know, he's he's changed his swing. He's, you know, he's become, uh, you know, uh, he's he's kind of just opened himself up. He, you know, he's willing to do anything. He, he can play all three outfield positions. 
He's played some first base. Francona even said he could play shortstop some if if they really needed him. So, you know, this is a guy that's adjusted that uh, and he's stuck around, you know, and and in this environment, you know, that's a that's a pretty good thing. He's making almost 6 million dollars a year and you know, he's found a home here and now, you know, this is his last year and I think, you know, more than anything he he'd like to go out with uh with the Indians winning the World Series. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, obviously that's a long shot, but, uh, you know, it's it just shows you how, you know, players evolve. Some of them, you know, go one way. Some of them go the other way. I think, uh, you know, Chisinau has evolved the right way. Well, what do you think he fetches as a, as a, as a potential free agent when in this day and age we talk about, uh, you know, the versatile players being more valuable, the the guys who can play infield and outfield give you more than one position, and you know hit for average, hit for power. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall, if he doesn't suffer through as many injuries as he did last year, he puts up career numbers in every category if he if he plays the season healthy. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know the the key, you know, if he's a free agent next year, he hasn't outpriced himself. You know, he, he and you, the market is open to to. You know, those kind of utility guys, uh, you know, like a Zobris, the guy that can play all over the place. Um, so, I mean, I think he's helped himself in the long run. And, you know, he's he's still affordable. It's not like he's making 12 or $15 million a year. He doesn't have that price tag on him. And he can keep playing, you know. And that's – I think that's the goal. He's only 29. You know, I think he'll play – you know, so he's only 29 years old. So, I mean, this guy – could play for a while, and his versatility is going to help him. That's it. He's the. We're going to start calling him the poor man's Ben Zobrist, and uh, and he's on the right side of thirty. So it, it, there, there he goes. He's he's playing this year for uh, for his next contract. Uh, Michael Brantley uh, cleared to to start um, taking some at bats in simulated games and B games. I is, is the latest I'm hearing. Well, he he, he had four at bats yesterday in kind of a sim game. Uh, you know, where, um, you know, Napoli, him, uh, Brandon Barnes, uh, uh, Tyler Naquin, you know, needed some at bats. So, you know, they were, you know, they got to, uh, you know, they were facing live pitching. Uh, Brantley at least wasn't running to first base. I think he's swinging the bat. The only thing he's not doing is running, you know, and he's, but he's, you know, in, in, you know, individual outfield drills, he's, he's, um, you know, he's, you know he's he's moving to his left and his right on on uh, taking ground balls and ground balls right at him and you know listening to uh, uh, Chris Antonetti on uh, um, let's see uh, Wednesday's uh, broadcast or, or Tuesday's uh, Tuesday's broadcast on STO it sounds like they're pretty optimistic that if he's not ready for opening day he should be ready just around there now I don't think there's any concrete timetable but. I think he's made some progress, and uh, they're encouraged that you know this guy. You know, if you know he 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 might be ready. He could be ready. Hopefully, maybe by the home opener, by the time you know the Indians come back from that first road trip. Well, uh, you know, speaking of the the lineup breaking camp, and you know, we saw uh, Terry Francona put together a lineup uh, that that might look something like what an opening day lineup could look like for these guys. Uh, for last night's game against the the Cubs, uh, you know, no spring training game is more important than any other spring training game. But this one sort of get, had a feel like uh, Francona was was managing it or was at least putting the lineup together uh, in a way that it did. 
uh, Lindor leading off, Kipnis, Ramirez, Encarnacion, and then um, two lefties back to back. Or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Alonzo, yeah, Alonzo and Chisenhall. Alonzo yeah. and Chisenhall, and then Gomes, uh, Zimmer, and Upton. Um, and that Upton spot, you know, depending on Brantley or Rajay Davis, you know, that's uh, those are options there. But uh, that that looks pretty much like what what these guys are going to look like this year, right? Yeah, that's a, that's uh, you know that's look that could be an opening day lineup depending you know what what kind of pitcher if they're p- facing a lefty or righty in Seattle, but you know I know uh, you know the, the key the, the key to me right there is Lindor hitting leadoff. Uh, you know I I think you know Francona really likes him there in that spot. The guy hit you know what 33 home runs last year. He didn't hit them all out of the leadoff spot, but you know I think he hit like four, maybe 14. You know, he's a switch hitter. He gives you speed. He can go first to third. He can steal a base. And what Francona was saying in his in his inter, uh, you know in his press conference yesterday is that when the bottom of the lineup, you know, if somebody gets on in the bottom of the lineup and you know brings the top of the lineup to the plate, you've got a you know you've got you've got Lindor, a switch hitter with pop that can drive those guys in, and uh, he really likes likes him in that situation. All right, yeah, and, and, and to me, I think. Lindor's a, a guy. He's a kid who's got years down the road where his his days of being a, a three hitter or a you know I, I guess I guess you put your three hitter as your switch hitter as your best guy. But yeah, yeah. you know I I think his days of being a three hitter are ahead of him. You know down the road, whereas right now he's still got that speed and still got that ability to run the bases the way he does. Uh, that you know you like him there in that leadoff spot. I mean, you could basically hit him anywhere in the top four spots, I think. And, you know, usually your best hitter is your, th- is your third hitter, a switch hitter. You know, I know, you know, Carlos Baerga, it was in that spot. And, uh, you know, Brantley, when he's healthy, he usually hits in the third spot. So, you know, I would think uh, it, it would be interesting to see what uh, Francona does if, if when Brantley comes back and where he hits him. But, you know, Brantley is always hitting that third spot. So I would think he'd stay there. So that, that'd be an interesting, that's going to be an interesting development to watch. But I know he, he you know, Lindor, and Lindor likes hitting leadoff. You know, I think mm-hmm. he likes, likes you know, just starting the game and, and being in that situation. And, uh, you know, Frank Cohen was saying yesterday that when you get a, when, when, when you get an impactful player like that, one of your best players like that, hitting in a spot where he likes, well, you know, you just kind of let him do it. Where, uh, where do you drop Jose Ramirez to if, when Michael Brantley comes back, and obviously you're not batting him in the ninth spot. Yeah, I know that's uh, that's really a good good question. Uh, you know, it's a good it's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and you could you know for a, for a long time last year, a bulk of the season, you know, Jose hit uh, fifth behind uh, Encarnacion and gave him a lot of protection, as much protection as as Bruce did. And uh, you know, then when they got Jay Bruce, they moved. Uh, Jose up into the third spot, and you know he, he did. He, he had an all-star season, an MVP type season, no matter where he hit. So I think third or fifth is a, is a great spot for those for for Jose. All right. Well, uh, you know we're looking again at uh, Josh Tomlin against the Dodgers tonight. Corey Kluber uh, scheduled to go tomorrow. Uh, the the pitching staff starting to come around and, and be uh, you know where the this is the time of spring training, maybe where guys are hitting a little bit of a rough patch. The, the hitters, hitters are starting to catch up. 
Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, Bauer. We saw uh, Tomlin in his last outing uh, get roughed up a little bit. Uh, Kluber's the only one who's really looked sort of immune to that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, is, is anything that we, sh- we should take from the, the, the starters, you know, last few outings? I don't think so. I mean, I think now, you know, the, the regulars are starting to play a little longer. You know, the, instead of three innings, they're playing four, five, and six innings. So, you know, pitchers are starting to face the better hitters, especially the starters, and are facing the better hitters two and three times now. So, you know, that may play a role in it. And I think you just – sometimes you just hit a period of spring training where, you know, you're, the, the hitters just maybe have a little dead arm or just a little gas. You know, these guys have been there since mid-February. Probably all of them have been throwing since the middle of January. So I think you just, you know, you you just kind of take it in increments. I think the biggest part is just building your pitch count up until you, you know, you're ready to throw 90 to 100 pitches uh, by the time spring training ends, like you're ready to go six, seven, eight innings. And, you know, that's the key right now. Right. We saw Bauer go uh, 60 pitches last night, So and, and he's sort of the uh... – the anomaly of the staff with in, in terms of his workload and his, you know, he's a guy who you can go out there and let him out there for 120 pitches in the start. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I think he, he feels he could throw nine in nine innings and, you know, like the first day of spring training. I mean, that's the way he trains in the off season. He's ready for that. So I don't know if he, you know, that wouldn't be the smartest thing to do, but I'm sure he'd like to try it. Okay. The last thing we'll cover is, uh, the that sort of last spot in the bullpen uh you mentioned he, he doesn't know if uh, if Francona is going to go with an eight, a seven or an eight man uh bullpen but uh there's a there's a there's room for at least one veteran arm to to make it in there are these guys who are in camp on the uh the non-roster uh invitees minor league contracts uh Matt Belisle has had a couple of good outings uh, uh Torres has uh has Look pretty decent, and uh, anybody else uh, squeezing their way into that sort of uh, consideration, or is it is it between those guys? You know, I know uh, you know, Belle Isle, uh, Torres. You know, they both just signed uh, minor league deals. Major league veteran guys. Um, Francona mentioned Evan Marshall, who pitched you know has pitched with Arizona, pitched with Seattle last year. You know, got hit in the head by the, by the line drive in 2015. Serious, you know, a serious, uh, you know, incident. But he's recovered now. I think, you know, Jeff Bellavu is another guy that that's kind of, you know, has has had a decent spring. The thing that jumped out to me yesterday was he, he was talking about Zach McAllister. You know, and, and obviously he's a familiar name, and he's been in the Indians bullpen for you know three four years now. But he said he's in a really good spot. And uh, he was, you know, he was talking about how are they going to replace Shaw. And he was saying, um, this is Francona, was saying, um, well, you know, we don't have to do it with one guy. Maybe we can do it with one or two or three guys. And then he brought McAllister's name up. So that was a surprise. That was interesting to me. I, uh, he said he, he just had thrown real well. He threw, he threw well last night again. You know, and he's always – you know, you, you think of McAllister, you think of a one-pitch pitcher, a fastball. So, you know, he's and he's and he's you know kind of built for that for one inning, and he, he looks like he's working on his, some secondary pitches. So that that's a name to remember. If McAllister ever had uh, ever got a fastball that that sort of moved a little bit, a little bit more movement in his fastball, I think that would really make him a, a lot more effective. And not that he's 
not doing the job now. It's just, you know, he he could be, uh, uh, you know, eight, nine strikeout per nine inning kind of guy if he ever, you know, had had that movement on his fastball. Well, yeah, he's always wanted to be a starter, and uh, I think uh, that's always been in the back of his mind. He, you know, he moved from the rotation to the bullpen. And, uh, you know, Francona said yesterday he probably could start for 25, 25 other teams, but right now he's not starting here. So he's not starting in Cleveland. So, uh, you know, the bullpen is the best spot for him. And, uh, you know, they think, you know, they pitched him, uh, you know, they've stretched him out. He's pitched like two innings and one and two third innings. So, uh, you know, I think they're doing that for a reason. And uh, I think that's just a guy that, you know, I guess that's Tito's pick to click maybe this spring. Uh, Alexei Agondo, uh, anything from uh, from him uh, that you've seen so far in spring that indicate maybe he has a chance to make the roster? He just throws a lot of strikes, Joe, from what I've seen of him on TV. Uh, just, uh, you know, he doesn't miss. He just kind of he, he's still got a big arm, still throws hard. Just another guy that w- would like to start. He started in Korea last year. You know, he's kind of bounced back and forth his whole career, especially in Texas. He bounced from the bullpen to the rotation. And I think that kind of probably screwed him up a little bit, led to some arm problems. But, uh, you know, this is another guy, a veteran guy, that maybe they can convince to, uh, you know, you know, stay in camp or, or you know, if, if they have to make a cut, you know, when they cut when they cut down to the, uh, you know, 25, or maybe he'll go to Columbus for a while that, you know, they'll, they'll keep him in reserve because he looks like that's a, that's a big arm to let go if, if he's just going to walk away. And all these guys on minor league deals, all these veteran guys have, you know, out clauses. So, you know, maybe that's something they, they can negotiate. Right. They have like a certain date in camp if they haven't made the club or, or, or whatever, they, they can ask for their release and, and go to a different team, correct? Right, right. And yeah. and some of them, I think, uh, there's a deal uh, where if you pay them $100,000, you know, uh, they can go. You can. They'll they'll stay on the in the organization. They'll go down. But there's a date like June 10th where if they're not on the big league roster, then then they're free agents. That might work. All right. Uh, again, we're uh, we're less than 30 days away from uh, the uh, the home opener for sure. But uh, you know, we're we're getting much closer to the start of the season here, uh, Paul. Uh, are are we anything else uh, excited or anything changing or is this, uh, this this is how we're supposed to be? Is we're uh, we're 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 in a good spot right now, right? Yeah, no no major injuries, you know. And I think uh, I was listening to Antonetti the other day on TV. And I think that's what all all GMs, you know, of of you know contenders, good teams, you know, they're sitting here, you know, second week of March. And uh, they know the team they've got. They know who their 25 guys are going to be. They know they're going to be a good team. And all they're they're just and they know all these guys have to play and get in shape. But behind, deep in their heart, they're sitting. Let's just get through without anybody getting hurt. Let's you know nobody blow out a rotator cuff. Nobody blow out a knee. Nobody you know uh, you know pull a hamstring. And and they're just they just want to get their 25 guys. From point A to point B to, to the to the start of the season, and and they all know that every somebody always gets hurt in spring training. So you know, it's a, I think that's why uh, general managers get old in a hurry. All right. Well, we will uh, continue next week as we uh, get closer to the the Indians breaking camp. Uh, 
Upcoming is the the big uh, baseball weekend in Vegas where the Indians and Cubs will play each other again. And uh, beyond that, we'll uh, we will talk to you again in the uh, the coming weeks. Good deal, Joe. Thanks, man. All right. Um, hey, can we just just for uh, just for my own sanity, can we just re- re-record the uh, the intro real quick? I'm just gonna reintroduce the thing and, and throw to you, and we'll uh, we'll just mention Jason Kipnis once because I don't know if that first segment recorded or not. So okay, I'm just gonna, sure. I'm just gonna, it should take two seconds. So.